Hey everyone, welcome to episode 210 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And for the first time in a long time, it's just Andy and Randy. Jeff couldn't make it today, and that's probably my fault. I usually give him a little fair warning earlier in the day, and I forgot this week, and I, I think he's busy anyway, so not a big deal. But I hope you didn't miss last week's podcast. We missed Jeff today, but don't miss last week's podcast as we tried to gain a better understanding of our current world the cultural tensions that have just been dominating our news and our social media and our conversations, which is a good thing. And it's been pushed to the forefront of consciousness worldwide, and, and rightfully so. And current Whole Life Church member and special guest Craig Moore was gracious enough to facilitate our conversation and encourage dialogue as a key element of change. That was one thing that I took away, that we don't want to let this just go by the wayside and, and not talk about it in a week or two. But in order to make change, we have to be willing to have the uncomfortable dialogue. So thank you, Craig. And Andy, what was it that you took away from our conversation last week? If you could boil it down to one or two quick things, what would it be? Yeah, I think for me it was just a realization in talking to Craig about how exhausting the whole thing is. Mm. Um, you know, just the fact that it just keeps continuing and continuing. Uh, the injustice continues in our world. And it's like, oh, my lands, you know, will, will, will it ever get relief? Well, yeah. Kind of and you can kind of parlay that into an understanding of why people are just like the level of frustration that we see is just so great. Yeah. And as always, we encourage your feedback and finding ways that we can take action in meaningful ways to be better together. Every time we talk about a subject here in the podcast, we really would love to hear what you think. If there's things that you have that might facilitate a better understanding or some positive moves forward in our lives that we can share. It's always good to hear from someone. And this week we heard from someone named Pauline. She sent an email. She said, great message reaching out. Just a suggestion that can help black people is for white people to continue to stand for what is right. I like the sounds of that. Speak out when we see injustice. For example, just do the right things. What would Jesus do? She said, I've gone to the store waiting to be served, and a white customer would come in after me and get service. You can speak up and tell the server the black person was there ahead of you. Don't just get what you want and leave. Pay attention and help blacks get their voice back. Also look at police's unnecessary stopping of black people and speak out. Thank you for having this conversation. Blessings to all and stay safe. And the one thing that I pulled out of that, thank you so much, Pauline, for sending us your feedback. She said, continue to stand for what is right and speak out when we see injustice. What would Jesus do? It seems pretty easy in a starting point, and it's so much easier to stay on the sidelines, though, and just watch and wait for someone else to engage. Let someone else tell that server <laughs> that somebody else made a mistake, right? But then we realize that inaction becomes complacency, and the world and the oppressed watch helplessly as we sit there and don't do anything, just waiting for someone else. So we have to lead, and we have to be that someone else that we've been waiting for. So thanks again, Pauline, for sending us your thoughts and adding to this conversation. And I know that this is not the last conversation we're going to have around justice and around all of this subject. There'll be more upcoming, including today's message. So if you haven't listened to episode 209, please take an opportunity to listen and share with your circles of influence. Don't stay on the sidelines and not do anything. Something just as simple as sharing the episode and the conversation where we can learn together is, well, it can make a huge impact. Our first week downloads, we're not even at a full week yet, are more than double that of a normal episode. 
And I've heard from other first-time listeners who have sent word even through my wife through text message. Tell Randy that him and Craig and Andy and Jeff did a great job, and I was blessed by the podcast. It's the first time I listened to. I'll definitely listen again. So lots were blessed by that conversation. Continue to share, and let's try to get more people into this conversation. All right, we came into a new series this week, What Really Matters, Finding Trust in Your Faith Community. Oh, boy. And, you know, after last week, and we kind of talked about last week, what we were coming into, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, how are we going to transition from this into, well, you started the message with being the church is never easy, never has been, never will be. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe no truer words have ever been spoken in and about the church, right? Once we've given it a minute to settle, we can bite into the outline for the message, which read like this. During a time of crisis and pain, faith community should be those places of refuge where we find our greatest strength and stability. These types of communities can provide warmth, acceptance, and belonging. However, oh gosh, isn't there's always a but or a however. At other times, <laughs> <laughs> at other times they can be the very thing that causes us to feel alone, lost, and sometimes even threatened or endangered. How does this happen in what has been referred to as the body of Christ? How do we restore what God intended? Oh, boy. The first half had me pretty hopeful, right? And then the second half, beginning with however, has felt all too real through much of my church experience. And it brings me back to that vision a couple weeks ago of Humpty Dumpty's brokenness. And it's one that I hope to personally never feel again. But before we get to the here and now and dealing with our current reality in our world and the trust issues that go along with it, how do we balance the current with the past, we have so many that even denominationally speaking, through church and the school system that you mentioned, have not found refuge, but ultimately find themselves lost. Can we speak to the current and this future right now with meaning when so many from the past are still hurting from those things? Like if those aren't healed, do we have any power to speak into what's happening now? Yeah, you know, it's it's really sad. I mean, we've, as I mentioned in the, in the message, we've all been wounded by the church Uh being people of the church, um, <laughs> of the yeah. organization, or you know whatever. Yep. And and really, um, when when we hold on to those wounds, whatever they are, no matter how bad or egregious or undeserved they were, it, it only damages us as we hold on to them. The person in the church who gave the church a bad name to you, that wounded you, that wounded me in the church. If I hang on to that, they don't even remember it ever happened. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it is just passe to them. So the only person that continues to be wounded by holding on to the wound is me. And right. But when I choose to say, wait a second, I need the Holy Spirit to give me the grace to forgive that wound. I'm not justifying it. I'm not pretending it never happened. I'm not trying to forget it. The fact that somebody in the past who was part of the church, did me badly. I choose to not use that against them in the future. So that's all I'm doing. I'm saying, okay, I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to bring this up. I'm not going to use it to try to damage them. I'm letting it go. The person that benefits from that the most is the person who lets it go. Who lets it go. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It, we think we're forgiving somebody else for some egregious thing, and really what we're doing is we're giving ourselves relief from carrying that around. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's really interesting. I was sitting at lunch one day with an old friend and my daughter was at lunch with us. 
and he was decrying all the problems and how the church had done this and the church had done that. And she wasn't being smart aleck at all, but she's like, you know, I never experienced what you're talking about, that church, you know, and everything you're telling me happened 15, 20, 25 years ago. You know, you, you might want to give it another go. It's a lot different than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is true. I mean, times have changed. And, and, and the church has become, I hope, in most places, less judgmental, less rigid, uh, more open, more understanding, more like Jesus. Um, it's, it still messes up and will mess up, or it's just it's filled with human beings. And uh, But the, really, the, you know, it's, it, it isn't what it used to be. It's different than it was. And um, just join Disney and let it go, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sing, sing the song, let it go, and let it go, um, because you're not. It's not helping you or anyone else to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely freeing, no doubt about it. And I think that what you said is is absolutely correct. That even a church that may have damaged you in the past caused you pain. I think that we all personally want a second chance. And, you know, if time has passed and you've gotten to the point where you've been able to forgive and you've realized that, wow, that's a load off of me that I don't have to carry around anymore. So, you know, maybe the structure, maybe the people, the person, the persons, the, I don't know, whatever was a part of that situation that might have been however long in the go in the past, maybe some of that has changed. Maybe some of those people have moved on. Maybe some of them are dead. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a definite possibility. Yeah, some are probably don't let a dead person who did you wrong. Keep you from crying it again. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, you know, if it's just a matter of I need to put myself in a different place because there's just too many. You know, there's some pretty mm-hmm. crazy things that could happen at a church that would cause someone to never want to even see that building or step inside again. But. Sure, that's legitimate. I usually like to try to encourage people because a lot of people will will come up to me and say, "Man, I what? You're still a, you're a Christian, and you, even crazier yet, you're a Seventh Day Adventist." If there's anyone I can't believe is that goes to church, believes in God, and then has stayed with you know your Adventist heritage, which that's a long and complicated road, people. So you know, let's not give Randy too much credit for that. That's a, that's a God thing, all in an, <laughs> all in in and of itself, but. I like to say also just, you know, try a different congregation. I mean, especially if you live in some place like we do in Orlando where, shoot, I mean, what's there, 25, yeah. 25, however many churches there are in the metro area? You know, As well, just the Adventist ones. <laughs> right, exactly. Just the Adventist churches. But try somewhere else that might, you know, and give and try it again. I, I like that. You know, don't don't yeah. just leave it there and think that there's no way there could be anything for you. Give God another chance to find a place that you can be closer with him and, and learn from other people that really try to act more like God and they try to be God at the best they can. But like you said, they're still going to fail. So don't get too crazy. Yeah. Just keep that. Keep looking to God first. Yeah, we know how messed up we are. So, you know, we, we get we get grace. So we probably ought to give it to others. As well. We should give it to others. Yeah, that's true. Well, so many of our views have been shaped by neat little compartments that are all labeled. I know we love to be organized. A little type A here and there is never a bad thing necessarily. Too much maybe overload. But some of our favorites are labeled, you know, conservative, liberal, black, white, religious, atheist, young, old, pretty, ugly, rich, poor. Our labels love to be loved. 
and they are oh so comfortable. It's like a good blanket that's just been washed and taken out of the dryer, your favorite one. You're going to sit down with your favorite beverage and watch a movie and turn the AC down. If we can't get rid of labels, which seems like the case, is it possible to rename them to something better? I mean, if we, gosh, because it just seems like we keep repeating the same things over and over. And when we look at things through those same labels and we just keep applying them, we never see the person inside. You said a couple of weeks ago, we can't love the thems. Yeah, we, we draw a bigger circle and make them make us the collective we enlarge the we. Even though the we's not perfect. <laughs> we well, have- no, and and the and the reality is is that we all have problems, and we we talked about that last week. And to remove the problem, I, I think too often times, and I said this in the message, we tend to want to think of the problem of racism that we're we're conversing about in our nation right now, and. The tendency has been for a, an injustice to come by along, and we think of that as their problem. And to recognize that, and I think the awakening that has come with the George Floyd case is, is it's helped us recognize that this is not somebody else's problem. It's, it's our collective problems as, as people in this country, um, yeah. people in this world. We have to recognize that injustice is our problem, not somebody else's problem. Yeah, and I liked how you said about midway through the message, you said, and here we are, all part of the same body of Christ, all fallen yet saved, all perfect in Christ and a mess in ourselves. That was a good one. Perfect in Christ and a mess in ourselves, all with the same feelings. It doesn't feel different to be excluded or pushed aside or ignored because of your people group. The feelings all hurt the same. The feelings of loss when a friend or family member dies aren't ethnic or racial, but simply human. And to me, that that little paragraph really kind of summed up, I think, the pieces and the parts that we just don't always, I don't know if we don't recognize them or we just don't think about them when we're looking at these labels and we're attaching them to people. But at the end of the day, when we realize that the color of your skin or any other barometer that you want to choose, whether it's being you know special needs or... Whatever it is, none of that makes the inner feelings hurt any less or don't make them feel any more completely draining and hurtful. We're all in this together. So that seems so simple. I mean, and it is simple. Why is it just so difficult then for all of us to come to some kind of consensus that we all hurt the same? We all love the same, really. We all go through the same things. Why can't we just why can't we just all get along? I don't know. Well, there's this human tendency to want to be special and different. I want to have my place and I want my group to be have an inside track or a special privilege or some perk for me versus saying, well, no, I want, let's, let's, all, let's all be able to enjoy the same things. And that's, that's, it's, it's harder. It's just that there's a natural part of this human selfish psyche hmm. um, I want. I want privilege. I want my way. I want my rights. I want my, 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 my. Hmm. Yeah. We need a little more balance. I don't know. That's a, that can be difficult, but it just seems like if we just re, kind of remember that, you know, we're all in this together, and especially as Christians, when you say the body of Christ, it doesn't exclude anyone. We've been through that in the last series, you know, all, there is no man, woman, free or slave. I mean, these are all under Christ. We're all the same. We're all equal. And yet, even with our within denominations, within you know religions, 
there still is all these different classes, just the way we see people, and we still compartmentalize and label even within ourselves. And then you say, well, geez, how can we do anything to the outside if we can't get our business together on the inside? But <laughs> what what do you think, Andy? I, I know and we're a very diverse, multicultural church at Whole Life Church. I feel like there's a lot of love and there's a lot of outpouring of people that truly see this as a as a major issue. They want to talk about it. I know there's things in the works of the things that we'll be doing upcoming or surrounding this. What is it about our congregation that we have we just learned to to love it a little bit more, to love each other a little bit more? Or have we just made justice such a centerpiece of what we talk about on a pretty regular basis? Is that part of it, just having that dialogue well, amongst ourselves? Part of it is probably having that dialogue. Another part of it is we intentionalized a conversation for decades, uh, literally decades, that say ethnicity, nationality, uh, heritage, um, other identifiers are all valuable things. We're not trying to devalue those things. But because we're Christian, our primary identity is in Jesus Christ and not any of those other identifiers. So that I come to church on, on Saturday morning and I have unity with the other people in the room because of what God has done in their lives. He is saving them just like he is saving me. They get grace just like I get grace. And my I, my primary identity is in Christ. In Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. And that's our primary identifier. Now, I happen to be from Georgia, and I love Georgia, and I, I, I'm a Georgia fan, okay? Um, and I grew up in, in Georgia. I grew up in the United States of America, so I have a love of country and flag and all those kinds of things. And my new friends that have come to our congregation from Brazil or from Russia or from um, Myanmar, uh, from Nairobi, I, these people – have have heritages and and they feel they have a heartwarming feel for their country from wherever they came from and their sports teams and their identifiers and that's great all i'm saying is that in the body of christ we can have those other identifiers but our primary identifier that stands head and shoulders over other identifiers is in christ yeah. we are together in Christ. And that's our that's where we find our common ground is in him. And it's evident. Anyone that goes to Whole Life Church, for me, when we came to what was Florida Hospital Church, now Whole Life Church, there was a definite difference. Even from when we had first come, when we first moved to Florida, oh goodness, what is it, 19 years now, 18 years ago? We had come for a short period of time and, you know, we had come from from the Midwest. So everything when we got to Florida, when people said, oh, you're going to the Bible Belt, you're going to hate it. It's so conservative. And we got here and our mind was just like, boo, it, it was blown completely with what customs and just the 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 more freedom that people talked about things that, you know, we, ne- we had never experienced in the Midwest. And so even at that, I, you know, like we talked about earlier, churches evolve. And like you said, we've talked about this for decades, and maybe it's starting to take hold because when we came to the church, well, what, almost five years ago, four years ago, a little over four years ago. Yeah. yeah. And immediately we felt like it was home. And part of it was 
I've never felt like I've been judged for any reason, whether it's for your tax bracket to your political beliefs or, you know, there's crazy conversations that happen in our lobby every single week when we meet together. And yet, you know, so many people that I know that are so divergent in thought and in practice, but yet you go to church retreat and everyone has a blast each week in the morning we, when we meet, people are smiling and, and hanging out together. And so I think that is just one way to say, you know what, give another church another try if you've if you've been hurt in the past. I'm one of those people who went through a long list of things in the past, but find myself at home at Whole Life Church. And well, if you're in the Orlando area and you have never attended, I'm at least saying, check us out online. It's pretty easy. You can't get any more comfortable than that with your feet up on the on the ottoman and, and watching on the big screen every week from your living room until we meet again. So give it a shot. Yeah, and I think that's one of the advantages of online churches. It gives you the opportunity to just take your toe in the water without <laughs> fear of shark bite. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. But all right. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, why do you think the majority culture segments racial injustices as their problem? And, you know, we've had all had some time to ponder so many things in the past two weeks. But what do you think about this idea that, ah, you know, you can't do anything about that because that's their problem? And how do you think we can separate ourselves from that idea? And I think what Andy just talked about is us coming together as the body and the church in the body of Christ has really has set us apart as a congregation that really does love and we find our common denominator in him. I'd love to hear about a way that maybe you've been able to see things as we, this imperfect we that we're still working on and we will continue to work on and fail at and then try some more before Jesus comes. But if there's something you found that works as a we that's kind of an eye-opener to you, maybe it's a long time ago, but maybe it's recent, doesn't matter, send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or as an email, like Pauline did, to podcast at wholelife.church. And our final thought this week is from the final paragraph to Andy's message. I love this. It was so good. It gave me goosebumps on Saturday morning when I was watching this with my family. He said, let us commit to be a faith community that can be trusted, a place that learns to respond beyond supportive silence, that seeks to set the captive free and release of those held captive in the prison of racial injustice, that seeks to practice Christ's ethic and God's amazing kindness to all, that anyone who comes near us, gathered for worship or distributed beyond our walls, will sense and experience our loving of them into a lifelong friendship with God. Amen. That sounds good. <laughs> and it feels good. And it sounds like a place I want to be. It sounds like a place I want to invite my friends and family or anyone that's searching for a community of safety and of love. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right, Andy, that's we are cool. what? This is what? Week two of this. Week two, new... What really matters. Yep. And we're, we'll be talking about, um, I don't remember the exact title, but it's it's about hope and having hope and being hopeful. So, I... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with a, co a common theme of hope. Not, <laughs> so this is a really, what really matters. Uh, it's not finding hope. It's, um, uh, hope now. I think it's just hope now. Hope now. Well, I hope it's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
too. <laughs> it's not written yet, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's in the process, but it ain't done. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, I just have enjoyed last week. I enjoyed kind of following it up, and so I hope we keep following in this in this thought processing. Like Craig mentioned last week, let's keep the conversation going. Let's continue to have those and to reach out to people that might be struggling and let them know that even at minimum that I'm thinking about you, I care about you, and I hope the best of everything for you. And, you know, if there's a way I can help, just let me know. I'm happy to pitch in. So join us next Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace. As always, if you miss our message each week, you can catch that on your favorite podcast platform or at pod, or at at our website, easy for me to say, wholelife.church slash podcast. And of course, next Wednesday morning, we'll be back for another episode here, be episode 211. So I have no idea what's going on with our old pandemic friend. It seems like it's just kind of faded into the background, but we're probably still washing our hands. And it seems like we may never stop socially distancing, but stay safe out there and have a great week. <laughs>